You're listening to Intellectual Erection, a place where we talk about the naughty. Oh, to stimulate your thinking. You're listening. You're listening to Intellectual Erection. Intellectual, intellectual, intellectual Erection. Welcome back to Intellectual Erection. I'm your host, Patrick, and this is the first time that I'm doing a rebroadcast of an old episode. It's an episode that I aired in January 2019, so more than a year ago, and I think it's now timely for it to be heard again. At the time that it was released, it didn't get a lot of attention, and in fact, the images that I posted on Instagram associated with this particular episode were taken down, flagged, removed. I had to repost them. They're still there today, and I'm going to use them again for this relaunch. It's a touchy subject. And I talked to my friend Luther about race play, which is when somebody uses the power dynamics of racism within a sexual encounter as role play. It's highly controversial and highly uncomfortable to discuss and even think about. So we did some of that talking because unfortunately he's experienced race play engagement without his consent as a black man in the sex positive communities so we talk about all those things what it's like being in the sex positive communities and being marginalized within them when it's supposed to be a place that is more accepting than the general public i'm bringing this conversation back to the front it was important when we had it And it's even more important today with the Black Lives Matters protests since George Floyd was murdered. So I'd like to extend this platform, this podcast, to any BIPOC folks who want to use it to amplify their voices. We can arrange a Zoom interview or I don't even have to be involved. I'm not asking you to do extra work to elevate this podcast. I do not want to profit from your trauma and your suffering. If you want to record something, even on your phone, and send it to me, or if you have something pre-recorded, an audio, a podcast episode, I'll be happy to rebroadcast it on this platform going forward on your terms. Just email me at intellectualerection at gmail.com. I'm sitting here today with... Luther. Mm. Well, what do you what do you do? Why don't you introduce yourself to us? Whatever you, you you're comfortable sharing. Well, um, I'm self-employed in, in the uh, construction industry, uh, and I'm also uh, studying on the side. Ooh, care to go into that? What you're studying or no? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, a couple of years ago, when I say a couple, I mean way back when I uh, went to a university far, far away. And uh, I graduated with, uh, oh yeah, Narnia, exactly, <laughs> back in a closet somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, I graduated uh, in a program called uh, Biomedical Toxicology, so the study of uh, substances in your body. Cool. And uh, how your body deals with it. 
And uh, one thing led to the next, and I started my own business. So here I am, not doing anything with my degree, and I'm sick of it. So <laughs> it sounds like sounds like every student story out there, right? But uh, for me, I'm actually going to uh, go back and uh, get back on the proper path that I think I should be on. So that's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. That's good. All right. Well, now that you're here, and that's right. Oh well, thank you for coming. Mm, not yet. <laughs> Ooh, I like your uh, your punnies. So let's let's get to the, the first thing I, I always ask everybody is how you got into this mess, how you got into uh, the poly kink fetish world, the communities, however we want to describe them. You um, want my origin story? I want your origin story okay. as deep, detailed, and uh, you know how, however much you want to share. I want the juiciness. All right. Well, let's see where we could uh, go with this then. Um, this started about, I think it was about like six or seven years now. Uh, I was invited to a vacation down south in uh, Cancun, but I didn't have enough time to book it for myself. So I gave my credit card information to uh, my best friend at the time and he booked it for me. And so, uh, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care where we go as long as we're going. Ten days. Great. Pack my gear, get to this place, get to Cancun. Yeah. Wonderful weather, beautiful women. Get to the hotel, beautiful place. Checking in, great. See this uh, middle aged woman walking by and she's topless. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is a nice place to be. Yeah, it's a nice hotel. And then another middle aged woman walking by, topless. Another one, completely nude. I'm like, I'm going to like this vacation. So, anyways. <laughs> Check in, get out, and then there was everyone just topless and naked and walking around. It's like, oh, okay, so, hey, buddy, what did you get me into? He's like, don't worry about it. You're going to love it here. <laughs> surprise. Surprise, surprise. So the first night, I was uh, really awkward and shy because I was never so this, involved. This is uh, Temptations, right? Temptations. Yeah, I figured. I was uh, never really involved at all in the swinging lifestyle, and that was the swingers or a sex-friendly resort. And um, so I was, you know, a little shy. I kept to myself, kept to my core group of friends. But uh, I started getting the tequila, the tequila into me and uh, opened up a little bit, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and um, yeah, one thing led to the next, and I found myself in some uh, woman's bedroom. And that was just literally my origin because uh, from there on, I spent... 10 days and of which I spent in the of those 10 days I spent only approximately approximately 18 hours in my own room <laughs> oh, yeah. that was just the, the showers that was just the showers <laughs> nice. and the five minute naps <laughs> nice nice so did you uh, you spent a lot of time with was it single women couples what were what were the the dynamics there there that was uh, couples majority couples I think uh, I met two single women. Um, mm -hmm. On my third night there, turned out to have a threesome with the two single women. Nice. So that was fun. But, uh, <laughs> so that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, we were fucking until the sun came up. Literally, the sun came up. We were on the beach fucking. Mm. It was amazing. It was one of the best times ever. Um, but other than that, it was mostly threesomes or um, couples. The first, so that first situation that I found myself in, I thought she was single. And so we were just going to town, moaning, screaming, and, you know. From behind the curtain. You see, you see. Not from behind the curtain. The room was pitch black. And this man 
opens the door. So I freak out. I'm like, who the fuck's walking in on us? Oh, man. She's like, no, it's okay, honey. Don't worry. It's cool. It's cool. I'm like, uh, well, it might be cool for you, but I have no idea who this person is. Right. And uh, so I stopped. And she looks at me. I look at her. She's like, do you want to continue? I was like, yeah, I want to continue. But what's going to happen with him? And he's like, don't worry. I'm just here to watch. <laughs> so he took off his sandals, sat in the chair across the bed, and said, you may proceed. You may proceed. <laughs> <laughs> Quite formal. <laughs> so I, that, so I, I picture an old white guy. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for uh, anyone that can't tell, well, you definitely shouldn't be able to tell just by my voice, but I am black. And, and yeah, so anyways, I had this old white man uh, just sit there and uh, watch me pound his wife. And I, you know, at first it was a little awkward and a little uncomfortable, to be honest. But I don't know. I found my rhythm after a few strokes in. <laughs> <laughs> a few strokes and you got your rhythm. Yeah. Okay. So all this, uh, all this started you on a sort of path, maybe. Yeah. So um, I couldn't. I didn't have enough. Like I didn't get my fill off that trip. So you just you got hungry after. Oh, this. I was starving. <laughs> didn't eat before. So wait a minute. Before before all this temptation stuff happened, uh, which is you said six years ago. What about that? Yeah, six years ago. Uh, was there ever a time? Before that, that you were interested in anything to do with the sex-positive communities? Closest Poly- thing would be threesomes. Okay. And I had a couple of those with um, a couple of friends that actually went on that trip. Well, one mm-hmm. of them anyways. The other one stayed home. So this was kind of the pivotal event. After this happened, you kind of like, Blew boom. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, you got hungry. <clears throat> I was starving. and I, I couldn't stop. I still can't stop. <laughs> can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> um, met a woman down um, in Cancun, and she's actually from Ottawa. And um, she introduced me to the Oasis in uh, yeah. Toronto. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Oasis Aqua Lounge, yeah, pl- Oasis. plug number 17. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it a lot on the show. So she takes you to the sex club? or For the very first time yeah. ever. And again, awkward because I didn't know Toronto had that scene, that night, that night, nightlife. Yeah. I was uh, naive to it all. So I get to uh, Oasis and... Same thing as uh, Cancun, minus the uh, warm weather. Actually, there were way more beautiful women in Toronto than there were in Cancun. But um, anyways, I digress. Uh, yeah, so I met a couple of friends that I'm in a group with. Um, there, actually, I met my, one of my best friends there. And uh, he introduced me to another aspect of the, this entire lifestyle. Uh, another set of people that... Um, are on a sliding scale. There are really kinky people. There are um, polyamorous and swingers. So, yeah, here I am. Okay, so and that's here I am with that, that. Yeah, and hence your your introduction to the whole community. Yeah. So, have you since this time, since this past year, six years, have you at all identified with any parts of the community? Have any of these things become kind of a part of your your repertoire? Any kinks, fetishes, uh, poly yes. labels, yes, if, you, if you'd yeah. like or don't like to use them? I <laughs> found myself pigeonholed into a category that in some days I really enjoy it, and, but for the most it's quite irritating and frustrating. And it's uh, the category of, I guess, would be race play, if I'm correct. Well, yeah, well, I, so. I would say it's race play. Um, I find myself in a lot of uh, couple cuckold situations where I'm the bull, mm-hmm. and um, 
the, the man's a cuckold and the woman's uh the cuckolding cuckolding yeah or the cuckoldy she's the cuckoldy and sometimes it's great uh just knowing that you know, you're the dominant one in the room and you're taking charge and you're directing it's like you're scripting your own orgasm and and everyone that's around yeah. and um so that's great but there are days and situations and individuals that i come across where they take it a little too far just because i am of a certain color race or type they feel that it's okay but i'm just one person i'm not a representative of the entire african-american or african-canadian community so when i hear people or women say yeah fuck me hardy you nigger it's a little a little much and that's without your consent that's definitely without my consent so somebody surprised you during sex with a comment like that not somebody it happens more than once new new individuals though how the new groups like how the fuck do you even deal with that in that situation well how do you deal with it you can just get up and storm I, away. I wouldn't even know. Right? Like I, the I first time it caught me off guard, I just like I just kept going because I, what do you do? But then that night when I was just driving home, it felt like a, a drive of shame. I just had someone degrade me and I didn't stop. Yeah, so you, the, the whole feeling of being the bull, of being the, the powerful one in the room, you got disempowered so quickly. Just yeah, one comment. Put to nothing. Fuck. Yeah, so um, the very first time I didn't know how to handle it, and I'm sure I didn't handle it well at all. I uh, was more concerned about their comfort than my own, so I kept going. The second time it happened, I definitely did stop and said, that's not allowed. If you want something like that, you need to find another person, but good luck doing that. I'm, there's a reason why there, there are some couples that feel that that's okay, because <laughs> there are some individuals that are okay with it. But for the most part, I don't think our community... And when I say our community, I'm talking right now about the African African American community. I don't think we're all okay with that. I I didn't assume that would be the case. Yeah. I've I've looked into some some things on race play, and it's just it's a weird it's a weird fucking territory. Because for me, the question of agency remains uncertain. Who gets the agency in, in race play? Even if you want to be degraded and humiliated based on your race which is your personal right, I suppose. Who controls and oversees whether that person is the one who has agency, right? Even if you were into that, how, how, how are you going to maintain agency in a situation like that, right? And how do you Good control question. for the other person being... Uh, yeah, how do you have that com- uh, conversation that, okay, well, these are my limits. You can say this word, but you can't say that word. The English language has a wide... Yeah, but you, you shouldn't okay. even you shouldn't even have to have that conversation with somebody who's fucking you, mm-hmm. right? Because they, like, how do they go from from one thing to another? Like, did you? Oh, it, is, it escalated. It, definitely escalated. It started with like, yeah, fuck me harder, fuck me harder with your big black cock, which I'm okay with because she's just describing the yeah, yeah yeah the size and color of my cock, and she's but she's still fetishizing you. Definitely. Yeah, and it's. Sometimes it feels good to be someone else's fetish. Like someone's looking up, like mm-hmm. I get someone else is, get, is getting turned on by me. But then when it goes from. But does it feel like you? Is it me or is it yeah. the entire race? Yeah. Is and it, I, and, and, is and it you, your token? Exactly. Yeah. And you, I assume when you get that feeling, it's like you've. It sinks in. It's like I'm being tokenized, no? Mm-hmm. Definitely does. Fuck. And, and it's a shame because. 
you know, I've been told in countless times that the lifestyle is really open mm-hmm. and friendly. Yeah. But then when you get stuff like that, it's just like everyday life. Yeah, it's like you're getting it's marginalized like, within another community. And it's actually worse because I'm actually doing something quite intimate with someone else. As opposed to a stranger down the street yeah. just yelling at me because he's just racially biased. Right, so you're already in a vulnerable spot because you're sharing intimacy. And then that person digs into you and takes something out of you that you don't even you didn't even want. Yeah. So that's a, that's a breach of consent. Definitely is. That's a very deep breach of consent. And it's it's fucked up to to hear it. It's weird because it's it's shocking. I don't even really know how to respond to that. I don't I can't even see the situation playing out in my head where a person builds up to 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 saying something like that comfortably. It's just it's they, weird. Deep down inside they have some issues that they have to deal with. And I think that um maybe they are racially biased. Maybe they actually don't like me and then they're just fucking me to prove that Yeah, yeah. They're you know, they're higher up than I mean, they're giving me something that I could... They think that they're giving me something that I can at, attain myself. Well, yeah, the, the fetishization of marginalized people has been f- on the basis of usury for a long time, right? Like, that's... Uh, even if you go back to ancient Greek philosophers, there's obviously the, the stereotype and the reality, the historical reality that older Greek ancient mm-hmm. uh, men yep. would have sex with younger boys. And there's there's some scholarship out there that talks about this stuff, and it's it's not meant to be a sexual act as much as it is an act of dominating, right? You're showing your dominance by by taking something that's that's more innocent, smaller, or that's more, you know, or you're rather trying to make yourself dominant by making that other person submissive. Yeah, you know, and it's not so much a, a, again a sexual act as it is one of colonizing that person. Hmm. Colonizing, <laughs> right? Yeah. A very appropriate word in this, in this uh, yeah, in this setting. Hmm. So it's uh, I don't know. From my perspective of what I've seen of, of race play, just I, I watched a few YouTube videos about it, and I, I read uh, an article about it. It's just it's a very very touchy subject. It is. On the one hand, I don't want to take away from the agency of the people who want to engage with it that are marginalized and that want to use that to empower themselves. I don't want to say anything on their behalf. To each their own. Yeah, like, again, I can't, as I said previously, yeah. I'm not a representative of the entire group. Right, right. But I know that it's a really touchy subject, and you really have to have that conversation beforehand. Otherwise, you can just go down a slippery slope. But would you even want to have that conversation with somebody that you want well, to Well, personally, I'm cool with that conversation. Like, I have friends that... I have this conversation with on a regular basis. So yeah, if I'm intimate with someone, I, I think it needs to be said. You know, I need to check where they are and um, if they respect my boundaries and vice versa. They need to check in with me, make sure that I'm not using race play as well because it works both ways. Um, there's, a, there's an aspect of um, interracial play where um, black individuals will um, overpower um, white females and uh in quote unquote breed them it's called you know bbc breeding and uh yeah i also need to i think it's wise to say okay well these are my boundaries i'm not into that aspect of play are you into that aspect if you are then maybe i'm not the one for you to each their own and on top of that i I, it really irks me that uh i am instantly i i have a group of uh 
not a group, but um, a collective of people that find me interesting just based on my color. So they, they see, oh, there's a black guy right there right now. I like him. Mm-hmm. Not be, not based on my personality, my intellect, none of that. Just my skin tone. Yeah. And they instantly think that every black person on this planet has a massive cock. It's not true. Yeah. Ladies, it's not true. Men, it's not true. Everyone within the d- gender spectrum, it's not true. Um, so it sounds to, it sounds to me like like what you're saying is it doesn't matter why you're being tokenized, fetishized. It's just that the, the whole thing is problematic because it makes assumptions about you that either you can't live up to, yeah. uh, you don't want to live up to, you don't want to be degraded to, or you don't want to be held against you without them investigating who you are first exactly so if i strip all that away then who am i yeah because you're within this lifestyle who am your I? your blackness comes first yes and that's not luther uh <laughs> just black yeah <laughs> i mean that's uh the same thing that uh friends fanon wrote about black skin white masks right was this impossibility uh and i found that fascinating it was the first time i i, I understood i think a little bit what it must be like to uh to, to walk around and be an other because he talks about this notion of uh, being held up to impossible standards right uh, he says like the standard mm-hmm. is the dominant class the dominant class is white and male and patriarchal and they want you to be to that standard they're saying every other person should be like us mm-hmm. this is the gold standard that you want to reach and then you try to reach that standard, but you can never reach the standard because your blackness will always come first. It's evident anytime you enter a room, wherever yep. you go. It's the first <laughs> thing that's noticed about you before your mouth opens to speak. So he talked about black skin, white masks. Like you try to put on this white mask to struggle with yourself against your own identity to become something you're not. Yep. And it's a catch for me too. It's actually impossible. You can't be this other thing. And then you end up maybe even hating yourself. You, you, you touched my life. In a, in a couple of sentences there. Well, this isn't, this isn't I, me. <laughs> I know, but like yeah. what you just, mm-hmm. you know, paraphrased. Yeah. You've touched my entire existence. And then to think that, okay, well, that's my everyday life. Maybe I can escape that while being intimate with people. That there is no difference. Well, there is a difference. I, I There are lovely people that I am involved with right now. And they know me for who I am. And I love them for that. Like... That's great. I love them for that. There are couples that I'm involved with, and they love me as a person. Maybe their initial attraction was my skin. Because, like, if we're using apps these days, or even meeting someone face-to-face, the very first thing you see is... Right. The The appearance. The appearance, right? So, yes, maybe they were attracted to me because I was black. Or maybe they just liked my smile. Or the way my hair was cut. But after the... Once they took the time to get to know me, I knew that it wasn't because of my skin. Maybe, well, maybe it is a little fetish there, but it wasn't extreme. Yeah, but you have to always question that. You have to put always. that in the back of your mind, right? Always. Like, why is this person giving me respect? Why are they not giving me respect? Now, why doesn't it work the opposite way? In uh, what do you mean? Well, like say for instance, if I were to pick up on a Caucasian female, yeah, does she instantly think that? Oh, maybe he's fetishes fetishized. I can't say that word for now. Fetishized. Like, Goddamn wine. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's into me because I'm white. But does that? I I I honestly maybe someone can uh you know tune in and have a reply. Like, 
I, I mean, when the, the thing of the, the 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 problem here is that even if it's if even if it's the case, right? And I I have had experiences with black women that have said something like, "I only like or I only date white guys," right? And in their intimate experience with me, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't matter if I felt fetishized in that moment, because being part of the dominant group, it's I don't have a history of oppression based on my skin color i don't have that as part of my historicity so even if it's a if it's a one-off instance it just won't dig that deep into me so essentially right? you never really think about it because i don't i don't have to think about it and, and if and if i do it's not as detrimental to who i am because it doesn't come with a whole history and a whole socio-political shitstorm uh because i've you know white people haven't been marginalized and that hasn't been my experience, mm-hmm. right? So it uh, when people try to equivocate racism, it's it's really upsetting when they try to say, oh, but it, you wouldn't say the same thing if it happened to a white person. Well, no fucking shit, you wouldn't, because they don't have that history. They don't have that environment. They don't hey, have that. Man, <laughs> they don't. Cheers. <laughs> they don't have that culture. So it's it's it. It doesn't matter if if it happens in the same way. It might matter. It might matter to some degree. It could build some insecurity for a person individually but you can't equivocate that i don't i just don't i I don't see it happening right there's different experiences that's why intersectionality exists because you're gonna have you have to maybe think what it's uh what what are the standards of of uh of being masculine for you and then that intersects with your uh with your blackness right Mm -hmm. like what is it to be a black male and i don't know about you how what your experiences are like but mine i have to struggle with notions of masculinity what is it to be masculine in this context and i have to reassess and have to perform behaviors and i catch myself Mm -hmm. i'm aware in different circumstances that i'll behave differently because of the audience and the context that i'm in i'm like what does a man do in this situation and sometimes i have to think wait why am i thinking what does a man do what does a person do in this situation well i'm just trying to think what would i do in this situation independent of these things and then it just seems like there's a, a blank there i i don't know what it is to not perform a role right well yeah that's it for me it's constant role i have to perform a role on based on my my background being jamaican you, you think if my family or, or um, personal friends or family friends knew that I was in this lifestyle, if I would, you think I'd be accepted? Hell's no. <laughs> yeah. Hell's no. So, family, I have to, I have to put on a play, I put on a show. My friends, to be accepted, majority of my friends, let's be honest, are, are Caucasian, and for me to relate to them, I do have to put on a show from time to time, or sometimes I have to just bite my tongue. Because, again, why make things uncomfortable? I'm one person, whereas the majority of my friends are Caucasian. So if I make it uncomfortable for them, then it's a big thing. But if I'm one person, if I could eat it, then so be it. So that's another show. Then sexually, I have to put on a show. Literally put on a show. Like a black (laughs) man, big black Shaka Zulu type motherfucker coming in with his dick hanging down to his goddamn (laughs) meats. Swinging it. Just swinging it. No, that's... When does the show end? When does the show fucking end? Like, sometimes I just want to be laid back and, you know, just cuddle. Yeah. But you, sh- you, think, you, sh- you think that can happen if I show up um, to a night with a couple? Hey, let's just cuddle. They'll kick me right out of the house and find another Shaka Zulu. Right. So it's like right? you, you don't even... I'm a number. It sounds like you don't I get feel, a, a... I feel like I'm a number. I don't have a face. 
A number in what sense? I could be easily replaced. Oh, okay. Okay. Now serving number two. Number one didn't work out. Oh, yeah. Number one was, uh, I don't know, 0.5 inches shy of 10. Yeah. I've had that before. Huh. You were 0.5, you were, you were a couple inches shy or a couple, ha- like, increments shy of a full-on inch that we were looking for. Your dick size. Dick size. That's fucked up. You're a couple of fucking neurons shy of a... F- just- <laughs> hey, man. It's all good, though, man. It's, oh you can't God. change everyone. Hopefully this, what we're doing right here, right now, might enlighten a few. I think it's important to it's hear from It's not going to change anything. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm well. I'm I'm with you on that, and in, in the sense that I'm also a bit of a pessimist and a cynic, so I don't expect much change to happen. Even though um, I still get surprised, I still get shocked. What you just told me earlier today about your experience with with white couples, yeah, uh, and like it's still, it was a shock, and it's not a shock because I don't think these things happen. It's a shock that now I know someone who it's happened to. It's a, it's a, it's weird. It's become a more like it's more of a reality to you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a lot closer because yeah. I, I'm like I said, I get the privilege of not having these experiences, right? I get the privilege of of walking away, or not even walking away. I just I don't encounter these things. I get the privilege of not encountering these things, and the closest I've gotten to understanding these things was Franz Fanon in uh, in that book that I mentioned, right? Because yeah. how else? How else am I going to understand it is, is, is if I don't, you know, you don't either know. read or talk to, to people like yourself who've, who've gone through it. And it's just, it's just, ah, <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough because I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your position and, and it just feels like it, it's, it's very alienating. Like you, it sounds to me like you're saying you're just not getting the, the type of intimacy you feel you deserve as a human. Well, lately I have been, um, you know, as I navigate through this, this lifestyle, I do, I, I, I'd be lying to say that I haven't found mm-hmm. good people, and um, I'm slowly finding what my kinks are, what I'm attracted to. I'm slowly time, I'm slowly gathering my identity back. So when I when I was first introduced to this, I wasn't. I thought that I was doing what I wanted. No, I was just getting what I could get. In a yeah. sense, you know, like I was always involved yeah. around couples. You found out what you were good for, not what's good for you. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's good to hear that you're yeah, you're finding some people that you know. It, like, it turns out that I do like like mm-hmm. having interracial relationships. I just want substance behind it, not just a face value. Do you think there's um? Do you think there's going to be a time where a good amount of positive experiences would overshadow the the shitty ones? It's always going to be in the back of my head. You know, yeah. It, there will be good hopefully there will be good more better experiences than the shit ones but yeah the shit ones like the, the degree of uncomfort from those poor experiences will never go away no yeah. matter how good it's always gonna be in the back of my head like right now i have a primary partner and I, she's great but there are some times and i know is i I have to like check myself because I there are sometimes I'm thinking, well, is she with me for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. But then instantly, like I know, I know what she's like. That's not her. Yeah, but, but it's but still it's, something it's, that I have to check. It's some, yeah, and it's something that's fucked up. It's in your consciousness. Yeah. 
because I, I mean, I didn't want to make that, I didn't want to make that assumption without asking you first, because I also, I think it's a human tendency to, to focus on, on the, the really shitty events, right? The traumas, as opposed to the positive events. So even if you have a sufficient amount of positive experiences, at least for me, the way that I react to things is that that one negative thing will just fuck up the entire positive. I could have a good year and, you know, a bad week and that bad yeah week a bad week or a bad relationship and then i just i actually a better example is this i could have a great relationship with somebody for years and then it ends badly or there's like something that happens and it just kind of throws all that out the window because yeah. that one shitty experience like the one time that the, the partner you're with cheated on you mm-hmm. right this the, the entire everything yeah. is just great out because the depth of pain is just it's it's, it's harder to to redeem overwhelming yeah so before um, we move on to another topic, I just want to go back to um, to race play for one second. I wanted to ask you something specific about that. So what? First, let me ask this: What is your stance on race play? You said something that it's not for you, but you could see how it might be for other people or something along those lines. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So from your perspective, what would be the ideal way to go about something like race play? If somebody should practice it. Have you thought at all about... If you're going to practice it, I I personally believe that you, before it even happens, you have to sit down and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that was not sexual at all. Yeah. It's not sexy, not sexual, not sexy at all to, you know, just detail aspects of the race play that you're okay with and that you're not okay with. Because there's no point in making anyone uncomfortable. Right. It's Of course. Sex is... To bring pleasure to both parties being, or all parties being involved. So once you overstep on one line, you're making someone else feel uncomfortable for your own pleasure. It's not mutual anymore. You might as well just masturbate. Right. right. With your own thoughts in your mind, oh, of with course. your own imagination. I think that's taking a page out of, out of the sex positive community in general about consent when you're engaging in, uh, you know, BDSM play. These are things that need to be talked about ahead of time. Yeah. definitely to discuss boundaries and types of things that are okay and not okay and when it comes to something like race play it's probably something that needs to be talked about at at length mm-hmm. and I'm getting the notion right now that that might be a good way to also gauge the intentions of the other person yeah no oh yeah easily yeah you can just tell right off the bat if someone that you want to be around or someone that you don't if, yeah um um, I, I want to get to the point where I want to call you a nigger. Yeah, no. 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 Sorry. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Fuck. That just doesn't... I don't know. Just, it happens, man. It happens. It happens. There's certain areas in the, in the GTA that I stay away from. Uh, Hamilton's a new one on my list of not going to. Really? I find that uh, the two out of three people that I've uh, come across there or two of the three couples yeah. that I've come across, uh, they were borderline, or they had racial tendencies of above and beyond race play. Oh no, I've seen I've seen some nasty stuff on online. I was watching a YouTube video about race play, and there were photographs shown, especially of black women mm-hmm. being uh, used and well being used for race play, where they'd have just signs on them, you know, like nasty remarks written on their bodies. Mm-hmm. Or there was one image specifically of uh, a black woman being fucked by a, a white guy, doggy style, 
There's a huge swastika in the background. Mm. He's doing the Heil Hitler in the photograph with a tattoo of a swastika right on his left peck, exactly like in uh, so the movie. What's it called? Um, which movie? Uh, American History X. <laughs> okay. Like a giant black swastika right across the chest. So now, that was a that was that an image or a video? That was an image. Okay. Now, but there's a what, collect- was, the content, what was the content of that? So was the, that rape or was that race play? No. Well, it was under the category of race play. So it wasn't so ma- uh, so much a matter of uh, of the question of whether or not she consented to it. It was uh, it was assumed in the picture that she was consenting to that, but the question remains why she would consent yeah, to exactly. that. Exactly, that's why I'm trying to lead to why would anyone want to consent yeah, to yeah. being degraded by I a mean, group of a faction of people that did not like you I ever mean, people, want you people want to will, destroy you. People will consent to all sorts of all sorts of things. I mean, there's there's obviously the case of a guy who consented to being eaten, murdered and eaten. So people will consent to things that degrade them, that could possibly kill them. It's it's not a question of, of those motivations because you you're never going to run out of people who have had fucked up experiences, who uh, you know maybe have some issues, some psychological issues, mental health issues. Yeah. yeah, and then they they get taken advantage of in these situations. So. You know, I read an academic article about race play, which looked at it in an, in an empowering way to deal with these subversive sort of ideas that we have about race and not just push them into the background and pretend like they don't exist, which is the empowering side of it. But then I just saw all this nastiness. And, and now I'm, I mean, I, I'm out of my depth in this situation because I don't, I don't know what to think of it. It's, it's, it's just a matter of asking more questions at this point. So, so I want to hear... You know, I'm, from, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did not see that because that would have just fostered hate. Oh, fuck hate, yeah. Hate, hate, it's hate, just, hate, it's... hate. And it's, it's a shame because I'm naturally attracted to Caucasians. So to see something like that happen to my own people, I'm torn. But not really because I'm always by default going to like, represent my... It's, so it's sad to say that. Like, it really hurts me just to say that right now. What? That I'm always going to make sure I look after mine. Like, we should be looking after each other. The yeah. entire world. We're all one people. It's not the black race, the white race, the Asian race. It's we are the human race. That's absolutely true. I mean, that's that's scientifically. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's like, that's <laughs> uh, that's scientifically true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's. Scientifically, there's no such thing as race. Oh. Uh, well, there is race. Well, there, the, the human race, yeah. yes, but uh, within the human race, there's just phenotypes. Yeah. There's just variations, right? So some old German dude was collecting skulls in the uh, 18th or 19th century. I'm, I'm rusty on this, so maybe I'll do some research later and plug it into the end of the podcast. His name was Johann Friedrich Blumenbach and He published between 1790 and 1828 his division of the human species into five races, Caucasian, Mongolian, Malayan, Ethiopian, and American, based on the anatomical study of skulls. Old German dude was collecting skulls, right? He basically collected skulls from uh, parts of Africa, from parts of the Middle East and Europe, and his favorite was found in the Caucasus Mountains. Mm-hmm. So that was what he titled Caucasian from that, right? Uh-huh. And he made up the racial categories that we still use today 
based on these uh, skulls that based have on these no skull- skin. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. It's, it's not even about the skin on the on the fucking skull. It's just that it's it's literally made up. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about these things, you're using uh, race incorrectly, unscientifically, but you're using it as a placeholder for phenotypes, which means some sort of the little di- variations in, yeah. a, in, a, in a species based on the way climate, exactly. from yeah. location. Yeah. Pigments, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tell me my science background is taken away now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you're going back to uh, to school soon, right? You said so. Mm-hmm. You're uh, you're going to be getting back into this kind of stuff. Yep. So you were saying that you you specifically are are mostly attracted to white women. Yeah, um, I, multiple reasons, but I I like the contrast. I like the skin contrast. Mm-hmm. And that's what really gets me. I don't know <laughs> what else to say to that. I mean, do you uh, have you had relationships with black women? Yeah, or? well, yeah, I've had yeah. relationships with everyone in the sun. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it might be sometimes I think to myself, would it be easier just to have relations solely with the type with my own type, my with my my black women, because. Uh, I wouldn't have to worry about feeling accept, accepted. That thought in the back of my head of, well, am I accepted within the Caucasian group? Because I, I, I'm obviously being accepted sexually. Am I accepted socially? I would never have to ask that with my... with. Yeah, so uh, sometimes I, I wonder, like, why? Why? Why is it so different? And I know why... <laughs> The it, it, the reason why I'm gra- I gravitate towards uh, Caucasians more than any any other race, not just black, but like a- anyone else yeah. under the sun, I found that uh, I was nurtured more as a kid growing up by the Caucasian individuals that were around me. Um, that's not to say that my mother na- nurtured me; uh, she was the best. She still is the best. Right. Shout out to you, mom, if you ever hear this, even though you might disown me. I love you, mom. <laughs> love you, mom. <laughs> good, good, good. But um, outside of my familia, I was bullied as a kid. I was a really sensitive um, young boy. And uh, I was bullied over the dumbest things ever, like the shoes that I would wear or the the clothes that I had or the fact that I studied more than than them or anyone else things right. that you know wouldn't really matter today mine is a study so it doesn't matter keeping the books guys but uh no i was bullied and i i, I used to come home crying and taking, who, who was bullying you oh um it was the um it was uh i guess it was a wide spectrum of people but the, ma- the majority of the the girls there were girls not guys let's get this correct there were girls that were bullying me and they were of african-american descent now as i you know got older i realized that that form of bullying was actually uh, a weird way to show that they like they liked me they cared there was they were interested but at that point in time it didn't feel good. epigenetically it did not feel that way like I, I grew up to not associate myself as much because i felt like you know I was vulnerable back then, and I was taken advantage of. I was bullied, and I was, they were not interested in me. So the ones that were, were Caucasians, and almost everyone else on the sun that, that were. Mm. And um, growing up, I just kept 
along that path. I was pushed into that that path. Why would you? Why would anyone want to be around any anyone else that bullies them? Would you? No, no. Right. So you would gravitate to those that don't. Yeah, and, and usually you, it's weird because usually people find safety within their own community. They find safety within people that are alike, right? But when you're different. Yeah, yeah. So when you're, <laughs> so then you're just getting uh, kind of fucked over by everybody. Mm-hmm. The people that are like you don't seem to accept you. The people that aren't like you don't seem to accept you. Or if they do, it's for weird reasons mm-hmm. that make you question who you are. Right. And then your identity is just getting fucked all over the place. It's a big, ass, it's a big syntax error for me. Just, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I grew up getting bullied a lot too for my own different reasons. And I never, ever found a sense of real community with any group because I always stood out. It's like I only identified with this group for one reason. Mm -hmm. I only identified with this other group for one reason. It's the exact same way. Yeah, it's like I was never fanatical like they were. It's like I always felt like I'm... I'm, uh, I'm You're a collective of all the communities that you were involved with. Yeah. But you weren't just one. I don't know if that's special to me. That might be the case for everybody. Well, it's just like I always... special to me too. Yeah? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, but no, like, no. Not I, at all. I have this all in my head. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, growing up back in high school, I was a part of... I wasn't a jock. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a goth. I wasn't um, sort of metalhead or whatever. I wasn't... Um, um, I wasn't like one of those drama... I wasn't a drama geek. Yeah. I wasn't a dancer, but I was involved in every yeah. aspect of... Or every group or uh, collective inside right. of high school, and doesn't it make you feel like so like, feel like you might be a little bit different because these groups do exist and these people seem more cohesive? It's like the jocks stick together; they must have more than one thing in common, and you're the standout because you only like the sport, but everything else—the well, music, the the their, their attitude, yeah, you know, how they like, treat people—was bullshit. So that's why I also felt like you know, like you get, yeah, like you don't really belong. You're part of the audience, but you're not really with them. So, to bring this back to sex, yes, please do. (laughs) What you just touched, I don't, I don't feel like I belong. I, I, I haven't really dove into any set group and said this is me. This is home. I'm a part of. I like. I'm interested in bondage. I want to learn. I'm into. uh, I, I like polyamory that well i think that's my that's my group so polyamory so far it's it's just easy Uh, i i have a big heart i love loving people i love receiving love from multiple people i realize that that you do there's (laughs) just because of vanilla sore to speak as a no but then just say just because a friend of yours you you got a really big fucking heart well thank you always there always there for people uh not on time but i'm always there for people. not always on time but but you do you do put you do put a lot of heart in what you and what you do thank you i appreciate that so I guess in the in the kink fetish communities and all this, you you kind of still have that feeling like you're you're kind of part of some of it, but you don't feel fully okay or fully. I'm still lost a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and then in the poly community, maybe a little bit more connection than the yeah, a little two. bit more connection. Again, still navigating through it. Um, you still, it's funny how you're always learning. Oh yeah. So. I feel like I'm accepted within this community now because of the group that I'm in. Yeah. We're in. And um, I love our group members. But then 
branching outside of our group of meeting new people and there's a, a wide spectrum there's a sliding scale there's in the polyamorous world there are people that are more m- monogamous closer to the monogamous scale of it where they, they need commitment time emotion and then you have the other end of that spectrum where you're literally just a number again not yeah. just because of color and then let's take that out of the equation yeah, you're literally just, just a number because let's say this person wants to get like 15 people in the, within a week yeah, yeah. just like flip, flip kill you streak in. kill streak yeah <laughs> get that nuclear bomb <laughs> but yeah so um, I'm trying to navigate what end of that spectrum do I belong in some days I feel like I just want to fuck the world fuck it like this yeah. shit mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are days where I just want to like settle down just not settle down but I just want to like take it easy establish meaningful relationships yeah so so I think that's that's part of the beauty of the poly community. It's easy to do is that. It allows you to to do a little bit of of all of it. Yeah. Hopefully, not always in the easiest ways. Of course, you run into a lot of problems, but it does allow that opportunity, or it seems to be the place to to kind of do it. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of um, what do they call it? There's a phrase for when you make errors and you learn from it. <laughs> what's that fucking What's that fucking saying, man? It's just goddamn wide, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trial and error. <laughs> How did I not remember the phrase trial and fucking error? It's a lot of trial. You're not the only one. I'm yeah. sitting here just away. <laughs> It's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, last thing I want to ask you then is from this unique perspective that we've talked about, given your position in these communities, what do you think would be a good future for these communities? What do you think could improve to to help people overall fit better in the community, find it to be safer, and especially for, for people that are typically marginalized for others, because they do seem to flock to these communities. This this is like a band of 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 people that are typically outside the the norm, right? So it's already like we're already outside the norm, but even within this weird community you still there's still a, uh, you know there's still layers there's still yeah. layers of dominance there's still layers of marginalization so it's not like we're just a, a collection of people that that have the same experiences we're just a, a microcosm of the the larger society mm-hmm. that seem to be a little bit nonconformist a lot nonconformist do you think there's anything that, that, that could make these communities stronger and and more accepting a little bit better I like what we're doing now with um, gender gender identifications. I've noticed with the gender identification within this lifestyle, within mm-hmm. this group, um, it's way more accepting than outside. Mm-hmm. So, like, we identically like, there are individuals that identify themselves as they. Yeah, they them. They uh, them. Yeah. That and gender um, neutral pronouns. Gender neutral pronouns. Mm-hmm. So. If we can adopt that, why can't we adopt different differences in race within our own lifestyle? How would you, how would you see that in a in a positive way? These differences being acknowledged without being tokenized, fetishized, Just or abused. Just talk about it. it. It doesn't need to be a big 
gray area where no one wants to have a conversation about it because because mm. it's going to make us uncomfortable. I'm sure there are other there are people or individuals in this in our lifestyle that find the gender neutral pronouns uncomfortable because they're not used to it. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to change your entire pronoun or pronoun game up yeah. based on a group of people that a group of individuals that don't identify as his or his him or her. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't we do that with just race, right? Why, why, why can't we just be accepted, talk, and just talk? Just have it open for dialogue, open to dialogue. Because mm-hmm. once you get the ball rolling on, on conversations like we're having right now, you'll find that you'll learn a lot. A lot of things that you've been doing that you may have thought that was good that wasn't, and vice versa. Like, so- I didn't know until talking to you sometimes and my primary partner that I need to be I need to check myself more on the gender neutral pronouns I need to actually ask how do you prefer to be you know addressed addressed yeah what are your preferred pronouns right okay I know it's a lot of work and it's not natural in our conversation especially like well I mean I think I think a lot of people are are shy and awkward about these things especially things that are difficult so a lot of people even if they're not uh colorblind they play at colorblindness sometimes where they're like, feeding the system then if you do, oh, if you're just shy i mean it, i agree i think colorblind even... racial theory is a bunch of bullshit it's, is, just, it's <laughs> an easy out <laughs> to be racially colorblind is is a bit of bullshit because you you know enough you know enough about the world to know that these things do exist sociopolitically. So I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it, what I'm hearing you say is that you might want that conversation to open up so you can maybe even check people. Where where do you stand on these issues? Because if you're going to be engaging in anything with me, I want to know that you're a safe person that I can be around and not just some piece of shit you know, wolf yeah. in, in sheep's clothing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No? That's exactly Am it. I You're, no, you close? touched. You got it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we've been able to talk about this a little bit here and that you've had a chance to speak about some of these things because I've learned a little bit, a lot of bit, a lot, a lot, of, of, bit. A lot of bit <laughs> through this conversation. <laughs> so I just wonder, you know, I know this might not change the approach. Another thing, sorry, and I know Please. you're trying to. Ra- you were almost wrapping no, up. No, no, it's fine. We'll go forever if we need to. Another thing to uh, acknowledge to meet people in this lifestyle, I found I find that it costs quite a bit of time and money, of which not a lot of people are able to give up of both or either. Um, time you it takes time to foster relationships with individuals in this lifestyle to the point where you, you can see them on a regular basis and have that trust also if you're if you're more into the uh, group scenes and you you're more comfortable introducing yourself into to people in an environment where there's a big social and gather social gathering those social gatherings gatherings cost a lot (laughs) yeah to go to yeah some of these parties cost quite a bit of money so unfortunately there are quote-unquote races that can't afford 
to go to these events. Right, so some marginalized so, folks just are excluded by virtue of their of their, their econ- or social economic, economic status. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, how can anyone within the community get a, a grasp on you know race play if there's no there's only a few people involved and then those few people involved are being objectified as yeah yeah i like race play so that's okay so that if there's 10 people within the community that like race play and there's only 15 of us that are completely involved in the community that the majority of black individuals will like race play and that's what everyone sees if we had more individuals that are African-American within the community involved, maybe this wouldn't be a big thing. There are a lot of black people. I, I've noticed this at, a, at Oasis that, that, and you know what, sometimes I, maybe I am guilty of it too, that I'm okay with it. Like, I'll put up with a few things. But if we had more of us within the community, I don't More representation, yeah. We, 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 we would feel more comfortable to say, no, this is not what we like. Yeah. This is not who we are. Accept me for who I am, not what I look like. That's a good point. So if we could break down that privilege status of, well, time and money, because time is money in my world. So like, you know, yeah. like I was on the phone a couple of times here and there. Yeah. Time is money. So if I have to give up either, it's it's hard. I can't pay bills. I can't do this and that. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to take away from any other race that feels the same way, because I'm sure everyone feels that. In this environment, this financial environment that we're living in right now, money is, is a, it's hard to come by. For a lot, so this is unfortunate that my group it uh, feels it more than some sometimes. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, if we can break down that. <laughs> I think we might actually be able to uh, have an open dialogue on the race play, and then that might actually come to a well, uh, it, come to an end. Well, that's definitely something that I'd like to touch on in a, in a future episode. Talk about it some more. It's yeah. it's very important, and I'm really glad you gave me your time today. Oh man, love Thank seeing you. you. Thank you. It's been a we'll, pleasure. We'll, we'll talk again. You're listening to Intellectual Erection, a place where we talk about the naughty to stimulate your thinking.